We're not perfect. Some of us are not even close, like me. But if I can learn to accept myself, errors, faults, and all for who I am, I'm betting you can too. Even if you've done some really gross stuff, like the time I fed my eighth grade class upside down cupcakes. Tuesday was a glorious day at Our Lady of Retribution. It was hot dog day. I waited eight grueling years for this day. After being on the naughty list most of my grade school career, I finally made the two-person hot dog and cupcake fetching team. This was an earned privilege. Students on the honor roll or those recognized for outstanding achievement got to do this at least once a year, beginning in second grade. I met no such requirements. But I'm guessing the Catholic Archdiocese of Detroit had a stipulation that gave chronic academic underachievers like me the chance to do this at least once. What made it even better is my good friend Daryl was assigned with me—a total surprise. The two of us were excused 15 minutes early from third-hour English. We listened to Mr. Mundinger's instructions: straight to the gym, straight back. As we headed out the door, my ear-to-ear shitting grin may have triggered a few classmates who shot me one of those "Don't you fuck with my food, Fornwald" glares. We walked out of our homeroom door with little halos over our heads. Then, sure enough, once we were out of sight, we headed straight for the place we were specifically told not to go—the bathroom on the first floor. It featured six side-by-side, shoulder-tall urinals lined up competition style. Daryl was the first horse in position. He chose the far right urinal, also known to my classmates as Gate Number One. I stood back as a neutral observer, ready to report if a school record was broken, like a tennis line judge. He started pissing and shuffled his feet quickly to the left, basketball defense style, slashing all six urinals. He'd only hit seven back and forth when we heard the bathroom door open. It was Janitor Hank. He came in to clean. Zippers up, competition over. Ah,、eh, just as well. We had some fetching to do. Running in the halls was ground for detention. No problem. Easy workaround. We sprinted in between every classroom down the long main corridor. We slammed the brakes in unison just before every open classroom door. The fucking second we passed it, we sprinted Don Garlitz drag racer style with robust sound effects for added emphasis. Sister Larson was the only teacher who saw the two of us saunter by her open door. I gave her my very best Rhodes Scholar nod. In almost every classroom we passed, teachers were busy diagramming crap on the chalkboards. So each open door gave us captive audiences to entertain. Daryl had great physical comic instincts. His outstretched arms and stiff-legged mummy walk was his trademark move. Me, I tried it out something different at every open door. My toddler crawl was probably my best. A close second was my bent-over move, where I clutched my ass like I had to shit. I paid homage to George Romero's Night of the Living Dead movie with my foot-dragging, lunging torso walk. But near the end of the hallway, we played it straight past our principal's office. Mr. Dreyer was Detroit Lions defensive tackle size. Nobody with half a brain dared to get on his bad side. 
Live to screw around. Another day was our motto. We bounded up the stairs through a zigzag labyrinth into the former sanctuary turned gym. On this special day, it was repurposed as a hot dog and cupcake factory. Our holy pilgrimage was over. We had reached the promised land. The smell of Oscar Mayer hot dogs held a distinct power over me. Helpless in its presence, the aroma made me forget just about everything, including the Fs I was getting in first and second hours. A row of white apron hot dog matrons stood at attention behind tables of neatly folded brown paper bags. Daryl beat me to the lady guarding our 8B bag. Out of breath, he wheezed, "We're here for room B, 8B." She smiled and slid the 8B bag to Daryl. The number 62 was written next to our room number. Young feller, you sure are gonna get a workout lugging these today. If the smell of hot dogs wasn't intoxicating enough, the sweet aroma of cupcakes damn near had us comatose. I handed a short, squatty, cupcake-shaped woman my order sheet for 8B. Twenty-one, young man. Twenty-one, she said. I stood paralyzed as she turned to hand me our order. Each cupcake was a work of art: sprinkles, coconut shavings, chocolate bits, rainbows, pink, turquoise, and lemon frosting. Fighting off the strong urge to inhale one right there, I grabbed the lunch tray. Daryl and I had each ordered two hot dogs and two cupcakes, so rightfully I could have powered one of those bad boys down on the spot. But I held fast. We thanked the ladies. Then, with all the calm that we could muster, we walked out of the room to begin the escort back to our class. But all that changed the millisecond the door closed behind us. Daryl immediately went into his streets of Monaco high-speed race car mode. Right turns, left turns, right turns off the upper hallway maze that led to the stairway. I was determined not to let him beat me, but Daryl took the early lead, slobbering every step, shifting, downshifting, and accelerating into and out of turns. Not making excuses, but running with a closed paper sack of hot dogs is way easier than banking through turns while balancing 21 cupcakes. I faked an inside move, then sprinted past Daryl's right shoulder, going into the last turn. Daryl hit another gear. We were shoulder to shoulder, banking into the turn when I had a tire blowout, aka I stepped on my fucking shoelace. The act of tripping launched this clumsy doofus into the stairway wall at high speed. I smacked it hard and tumbled down four steps, landing sideways. I did a quick check and no broken bones, probably because my fall was cushioned by three formerly pink frosted cupcakes. Cupcake carnage everywhere, frosting on the walls, frosting streaks on the stairway handrail, frosting coconut shavings and sprinkle splattered steps. A wad of cupcake pancakes where the molding met the tiled steps. One cupcake even invented the move skateboarders later adopted. The rail side was born that day in 1970, when a cupcake left a streak of teal blue frost in the length of the handrail before it face planted. We assessed the damage in stunned silence. Then Daryl's face turned beet red. 
he burst out laughing. Oh my God! Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! Oh, Formal, you fucked it up this time. Only four cupcakes remained. Showroom perfect. We were in deep doo doo. Had it been an actual accident scene, there would have been body bags everywhere. My get out of shit DNA gene kicked in big time. Okay, seventeen cupcake decapitations. Let me think. Okay, watch this. Follow after me. I ran the side of my hand along the floor to scoop up a blob of errant frost. Along the way, I also collected a fair amount of floor sludge, then slapped the whole disgusting pile on a barren cupcake. F it, I'm eating one right now. Daryl grabbed the clean German chocolate cupcake and inhaled it. He didn't chew; he just made the thing disappear, laughing the whole time. His quick thinking inspired me. I grabbed the carrot cake and scarfed it. I ran my fingers against the wall and scraped a wad of strawberry frosting that met the bricks head-on. I slapped it on a chocolate body. I didn't care. Using my pinky to fine-tune the frosting the best I could, but there was no use trying to extract the embedded dirt. I scooped up some sprinkles and lint and blended them with the dirt. Then I grabbed another splotch of frosting and fussed around with it for a few seconds. I did a pretty good job of folding the dirt under the frosting and try to hide it. It looked awful, but hey, beggars can't be choosy. I then spotted some chocolate frosting that had skidded into a cigarette butt. I was tempted to leave the butt in the frosting, but I played nice and removed it. Daryl smeared another couple together like a medic on a battlefield. Any coverage more than 50% was as good as it was going to get. Daryl, no doubt, was the better artist, but he was shaking and laughing so much that his efforts were as messy as mine. Truth is, the cupcake tray resembled a junkyard of totaled cars. The mangled victims barely resembled their original forms, nor did they look particularly appetizing. And to top it off, each had frosting reapplied with my booger-picking finger. As recently as second hour English in Sister Mary Ann's class, I had flung an end over end gob that had classmates leaning out of the flight path. It cleared Larry Kindman's head, then clung to the window, straight out like a diving board. Truth be told, I was a far better booger flinger than a student. The girls thought I was disgusting, which I was, but the guys were in awe. All of them except Frank Fonts. Every time he saw me balling up a booger bullet, he'd raise his hand to tattle. Sister, Fornwald is picking his nose and throwing it. Of course, I would quickly dispose of the evidence and deny any malintent. Then I'd glare at Fonts with my best "I'll get you one of these days" looks. But back to the crash scene. In addition to the crippled dirt and cigarette butt adorned delicacies, there was one that landed in a pile of unknown donor pubes. I managed to remove most of the curlies, but a few remained, which I was able to mostly obscure, enough so that the recipient happily gobbled it up later. The worst casualty, however, was the chocolate frosting that landed upside down in a pile of the orange sawdust crap janitors tossed and vomited. I pondered my options, then used my index finger to make it look like the hot dog ladies had a special jack o' lantern Halloween cupcake. Had abstract artist Jackson Pollock flung frosting instead of paint on his canvases, his pieces would have looked like those stairs. Smear streaks remained everywhere. 
But we had been gone too long, so we had to abandon the scene and head back to the classroom. We slinked out of the stairway, then down the main hallway, trying our best to stop laughing. I had to plan. You go in first, waving the hot dog bag, getting everybody's attention. I'll scoot in close behind, so you'll hide the shit I'm dragging in. I told Daryl the clean cupcakes were the ones closest to my waist. Grabbed them the second I set the trade down. The second we walked into our homeroom, classmates swarmed us. Daryl wiggled through the hungry mosh pit, dangling the hot dog bag over his head. It was a fantastic distraction. A sea of arms and hands clawed at the paper sack of dogs. Get back, Daryl said as a rugby-style hot dog scrum broke out. The hot dogs drew attention away from my sorry tray of cupcakes, just as I'd hoped. That was my cue. I set the confection deformities onto Bill Marks's desk. Daryl and I grabbed our cupcakes and devoured them before anyone could notice that we snagged the best of the lot. I was just beginning to lick the remaining frosting off my lips when all hell broke loose. The entire class circled the tray and stared at the baked goods butchery. What the fuck? Mumbled Billy Marks quietly enough so that Mr. Munderger couldn't hear it. I managed to squeeze sideways away from harm's way to nab my two hot dogs. And then it turned ugly fast. What the heck? Balzer said. There's shit on mine. Mine has a thumbprint, said Ramsey, waving his around the room for confirmation. Damn, frosting's been smeared, Tuck said, shoving it into my face. Daryl's impossible to conceal smile wasn't helping things any. What did you do, Fornwald? I defended us by babbling something about the poor elderly women who had bad eyesight and hand coordination due to multiple strokes. I acted as if it were nothing, shrugging my shoulders before inhaling both my hot dogs. I slowly dabbed my napkin in stunned silence against the corner of my mouth as classmates devoured pubes, sawdust, and stairwell dirt. Hunger won out over what should have been common sense refusal to eat obviously fucked up cupcakes. But as more and more cupcakes were eaten, my gripping fear of spending my entire recess out running, which I could not do, multiple certain ass beatings went bye bye One by one, every last crumb of evidence was eaten. I let my guard down in that moment of calm, got away with it serenity, and then I quickly discovered we were just in the eye of the storm. I saw it. I tried not to, but I did. Daryl grinned. Son of a bitch. I was about to lose my poker face. He was testing me. That's what friends do. Then he grinned some more. Others caught it too. The tone of the room turned quiet as heads snapped to attention in the realization they had just been had. Daryl's grin quickly escalated to shit-eaten status. That was it. I burst out laughing. So did Daryl. That's when Font stood up. He mumbled, I got something right here, he said, pointing to his front teeth. Future proctologist Brian Mosley leaned in to inspect. Others gathered around. Pube! <laughs> yep, one of the cupcake's pubes had lodged right between Font's front teeth. I'm not quite sure how Daryl and I escaped that day without a suspension. Not to mention a good ass whipping. Maybe because the added roughage didn't send anybody down to see the nurse.
Maybe it's because we all secretly enjoyed the sight of a short and curly stuck in Foss's teeth. Looking back, I think it was this event where I discovered I had a knack for staying calm in the middle of a catastrophe, and a resolve that the show must go on, which I carry even today. Oh, and I'm also rather proud of the fact that several of the students who helped mostly unravel, then extract the nether hair lodged between his front chompers, went on to rewarding careers as dental hygienists. One might even say my upside-down cupcakes helped them find their calling on that day. An eye for an eye? Hmm. How about a cupcake for a career? That's a much better form of retribution, if you ask me. 